Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A man is being questioned by police in connection with the theft from a solicitor's office of a document relating to an affair between the Liberal Democrat leader Paddy Ashdown and his secretary. The Liberal Democrats' campaign manager, Des Wilson, has joined Labour's call for a coordinated police inquiry into a spate of similar break-ins. United left the Leeds-Bradford airport this morning for the 90-minute flight, knowing that up to 3,000 of their supporters will be following within the next 48 hours. The team, of course, is hand-picked. The club believes and hopes that its supporters will behave as if they've been as well. Good break again. Valter, a great chance for Stuttgart here. A little chip. It's in the back of the net. And leads to behind Fritz Valter. Today hasn't gone entirely smoothly. The plane was delayed by an air traffic control problem for a few moments. And the squad arrived to find that a training session planned for this afternoon had been cancelled. Got it away. Oh, great save by Lukic. Well, they scored again. And it's that man again, Fritz Walter, and it's 2-0. Whether the club, or indeed the city, like it or not, Leeds United's reputation abroad is a feared one, and the whole of British sport is holding its breath on Wednesday. Even the Foreign Office has been involved in the preparations. If there is any bother, the repercussions could be serious. Yes, and he's clutching the back of his leg. It's a hamstring. And the real problem there might be not only tonight, but it might well mean that Eric Cantona misses the second leg as well. We don't want to cause any trouble. We, we just want to win the game, go home, you know, and enjoy ourselves. And no, no Leeds fans are going to go there with an attitude to get the club kicked out. It's another goal! 3-0! That's a disaster now for Leeds! 
Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Greatest Games podcast on Football Ramble Daily in association with The Blizzard. My name is Marcus Speller and opposite me, as always, is Jonathan Wilson. And with us in the studio today is a man I'm delighted to uh, introduce you to. It's Peter Drury, the football commentator. We all know the voice. We've all heard the commentary before. Peter, it's a pleasure to be in your company. It's a real privilege to be here. Thank you. Of course, commentator of the year at the FSA Awards. Yeah, no counting for taste, is that? <laughs> <laughs> You're very humble indeed. Um, the game you've chosen today, we go back to 1992-1993 to season, Stuttgart 3, Leeds United nil in the Champions League first round, first leg. Mm. Why have you chosen this game? Well, it's a, first of all, it's a self-indulgent choice because it, it, it was just a, a moment in my then fledgling career which took my excitement levels to a, a, a new point. Yeah. Um, I, I was, as very good luck would have it, a relatively new reporter at BBC Radio Leeds. Mm. Uh, I'd arrived just as Leeds were being promoted into the first division as it was then, had one year, uh, then they won the title. And when I got on the plane to Stuttgart, uh, that was the first aeroplane I ever boarded. My goodness. At the age of whatever I was then, 23, 24. And you made up for it since then. Well, I have. <laughs> I've boarded a few. So yeah, I'm afraid my carbon footprint has been uh, worse. We can then. forgive you for that. <laughs> but um, so, so I, I just remember sitting at the back of one of those charter planes at Leeds Bradford Airport with all of the, the great football writers who wouldn't have known who I was and, mm -hmm. and thinking, wow. I didn't think I'd made it because I felt so inferior to everybody who was around me. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I was just thrilled by the whole prospect. And, and then to be at a European Cup tie and, and sit in this, uh, this grand continental stadium uh, and, and be part of it and follow this story with the zeal that you only have as a really young journalist. You know, there was nothing that the editor could have said to me, do this, that I'd have, I'd have said no. I would have strip naked and run across the pitch if that had been the editorial <laughs> instruction. I was that keen. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, the narrative that played out from the start of that tie, frankly, through to the moment when Leeds were finally knocked out by Rangers a couple of months later, mm -hmm. was, journalistically speaking, extraordinary. And um, in terms of football, no less extraordinary. There were, there were five games of football, mm -hmm. each of which would be worthy of its place in this podcast, I would contend. And the zeal you speak of as a, as a young journalist back in the day is the kind of zeal that, that Jonathan still has, as a <laughs> I would argue. You know. mm, maybe not. No, I mean, I, I, <laughs> so my, my memory of flying to Stuttgart, I think I've only been to Stuttgart once, was Chelsea played there in the Champions League and the weather yes. was atrocious. It was, it, was, it was quite heavy snow and uh, Lufthansa lost my bags so I, I was hopelessly ill-equipped clothing-wise. And also my uh, English or German plug adapter was in my bag. <laughs> uh. So I spent the entire day rushing around Stuttgart, speaking bad German electronic shops, trying to find an adapter. And I was reading, uh, is it called The Unconsoled, a novel by Kazuo Ishiguro? I'm sure Which is. is about a concert pianist trying to find a concert venue, but not being able to do so yeah. in a slightly dystopian Central European landscape. So many parallels. And that felt so kind of <laughs> appropriate. Um, I think and, I'm right in saying, sorry, had you finished? Yeah. No, I, no, I was just going to say in football terms, the other big Stuttgart moment, I think, was did England not beat Ecuador there in the World Cup? Oh, I was there for that. Oh, with that, the Beckham free, free kick. Yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so Something, yeah, my memories of Stuttgart are, yeah. Yeah. are well, rather less 
Less fun. <laughs> well, the Beckham free kick, something we could all get behind, of course. Yes. Um, but going all the way back to to, to, to I mean, we were just talking off air there that the lead side in the early nineties, that lead side, can be easily forgotten. Well, as you say, promoted and then won the league, and there they were in this. European Cup competition in which English sides, of course, had been banned for the for the sort of previous handful of years. Absolutely. It, it, you really have to take yourself back that generation and understand where we sat in terms of the history of British football. Mm. A, this was now, Leeds having won the first division for the last time, was the first year of the Premier League. It was also the first year that the European Cup had turned into the newfangled Champions League. Mm. As you say, the European post-Heisel ban had only very recently ended... It ended actually in 1990, but Liverpool won the league and their ban because of their involvement was extended. So they couldn't join the European Cup then. Arsenal had a very brief run the following year and then Leeds were the next. Uh, And that Leeds team, Mm. as you say, sometimes slightly airbrushed out, even of Leeds' own history. People still refer back misty-eyed about the the Revy team and, of course, of course, the great, great team of the 70s. And more recent generations are inclined to to reminisce again with great justification about the Champions League runs under David O'Leary and and that big spending crazy crazy spell (laughs) Um, but Leeds won the title they won the title at Manchester United's expense in 1992 with a a team which fans of that generation and young journalists of that generation could just reel off well it's very very easy to reel off because it's there was just an 11 that Lukic Sterling Dorigo Batty White White and Fairclough Batty and McAllister back in midfield, Speed and Strachan, Wallace and Chapman. Wallace. And obviously Wallace has gone for, for Cantona by this point. Yes. But that didn't last very long. Um, but yeah, it, it was a very obvious 1-11. to 11 I mean, that midfield. In a way that I'm not sure any championship winning teams wow. had since. That midfield, really? Batty, McAllister, Rowcastle in there as well. Well, Rowcastle, Rowcastle also played that in. game. Yeah. 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 But, but, but the, Rowcastle the, played right back in this game. But the, I'm just saying the players Correct. that were in that squad, yeah. you know... A great side. Great side. Great well, names that, in there. That midfield, as, as Jonathan said, you know, was as good a midfield mm. as was imaginable, at, certainly at that point. Yeah. And it was just so yeah. well balanced. Oh. I mean, okay, maybe it lacked a little bit of width if you're going to criticise for anything, but Strachan could put crosses in. Speed was obviously great on the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, McAllister, a lovely ball beautiful. player. And mm. Batty was a destroyer, but better than the destroyer, yeah. actually. Yeah. You know, he was a destroyer. That was part of his job. But, and my goodness me, you know, those days they didn't measure how many metres you ran in a game, but he ran a lot yeah. of metres uh, and he won the ball. And and he actually later in the run had to play right back. Leeds had a problem at right back. Yeah, it was uh, Sterling Stur- injured. Sterling and... was injured, yeah. Um, John Newsom sometimes had to play well, right Newsom back. Well, Newsom played the... centre-back in so, Barcelona, didn't he? In fair yes, went to right, right back. And and um, so it was actually, it became a, a problem because Sterling, who they used to call Zico, <laughs> uh, and was very much a Howard Wilkinson disciple, He'd come with him from Sheffield Wednesday and so on. He was a he was a great, almost ahead of his time, yeah. overlapping fullback. You know, yeah, he yeah, did yeah. the attacking bit in the way they they do as a matter of course now. Well, again, um, we were talking yeah. before before we began. I I remember the lead team in their first season up, uh, beating Sunderland one 0 at Roker Park in an utterly poisonous atmosphere. A game that Sunderland fans remember for John Kay making a disgusting tackle <laughs> on Peter Haddock. Uh, the for which he was rightly sent off although the angle I was at the time it wasn't that clear mm-hmm. but Mel Sterling got the winner which was a you know, 25 in my head a 25 yard drive yeah he could um, he could strike a ball yeah. beautifully well, they... I took penalties at half time in his testimonial did you really? <laughs> yeah yeah how many penalties did you take? two um, ask me how many I scored 
How many did you score? Two. There you go. Yes. <laughs> Against, you know, I thought that might be the game. In front of the Copper Ellen Road. <laughs> who, who, who's in goal, more importantly? Oh, Leeds United's under-18s goalkeeper. Oh, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, not like a, it's not a mascot. It's no, like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, not a mascot. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well back to the game. So, so Leeds, they're in the, the European Cup, or the Champions League is, is becoming. Football is... It's beginning to come into the modern era, you could, you could say. It must have been an exciting time. And as you say, you're on the flight with all these uh, great players and the, the best side in England. Uh, their defence of the title, of course, was, was pretty poor, it's, it's, yeah. it's fair to say. But as a young journalist and so on, it must have been so exciting. Well, it, it, it was. I mean, it was a thrill to be a part of... We weren't a part of Leeds United, actually. Mm. Uh, you know, they, Howard Wilkinson was a hard man uh, and and not necessarily media friendly an underrated hard man and tough oh yeah man. listen I, I think of him very very fondly yeah but not least because I sort of learned at his knee uh-huh. and you know he used to keep me waiting two or three hours to do the Friday what we used to call you know the groin strain interview who's fit who's not <laughs> all of that sort of thing um and, and was was a a tough nut to crack um and easily upset um by a cheeky young reporter <laughs> uh, and by the whole of the media you know he wasn't easy but but over time you you hopefully you know got him on side a bit and it yeah. was great and, and he was a listen, former school teacher wasn't he he was yeah because i think my favorite media story with him there was a game i think i think it was steve hodge had been booked for leaving the wall early and, and then whoever the other team was then scored from a free kick when it was retaken and he used Pythagoras. He explained Pythagoras in the post-match <laughs> press conference to explain that because Steve Hodge was not running from the middle of the wall, he actually yeah. was ten yards back. Oh, he was very good. Yeah. Yeah, no, he was. He was very. Is a very intelligent man. Of course, is still at the head now yeah, of the yeah, LMA. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, I learned an awful lot from him, yeah. uh, which is irrelevant in this story. What's relevant is that the players who played for him uh, played according to his structure, mm-hmm. uh, and he had them absolutely on board. Um, is he still the last Englishman? Yeah. Yes, he is. To win, to win the, the title. Part, yeah. um, uh, and so there you are. I mean, his his record was was fantastic. Um, he had his detractors, but I don't really understand why. Um, but what did he think of going into this, you know, Europe's top competition? What did it, was he hopeful? Was he was he maybe slightly dismissive of it? Was he bewildered? What was but it? presumably he'd never it, been in charge of a European game before, had he? I, haven't checked that, but I, I don't suppose so. I can't see who he could have been in checks. He was Certainly a Wednesday before, County. wasn't he? <laughs> was he a Wednesday before? Yes, he was, yeah. yeah so. Unless they had a little UEFA Cup but, dalliance. But, but like I, I doubt 80s, it. Yeah. Quite clearly, he didn't have a lot of experience no. in European but you see, Again, to go back to how we felt at that time, mm. because we had been out of Europe, the whole thing was an adventure. Yeah. And actually, there wasn't, I suppose, massive expectation yeah. because... The, the sense was that we were catching up and learning. Yeah. You know, English clubs were, were only just joining in again. And how do you do this European thing? Mm. And it wasn't like the... We Premier are talking League about now. football, not politics, by the way, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Yeah, it was just to be <laughs> quite, in the current climate. Oh, and and, and um, we, we, it, we weren't in the, in the, you know, last 15 years of the Premier League or last 20 years where... But by then, mm. all the best players in the world weren't playing in England. That's right. Yeah. You know, Serie A was very sexy, mm. and um, we weren't necessarily expecting to have, you know, four of the last eight in the Champions. Mm-hmm. Well, that that and but that, by the way, to the other point, only the champions were in it. Yes. You know, and, and that's why when we come eventually to the Rangers part, that's why the 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 Battle of Britain was so big then because it really did take an extraordinary set of circumstances for the champions of England to play the champions of Scotland. Yeah. Um, which you know, which played into that in a way. When, how often have we seen Celtic play United or City, or you know, in recent? It's still great every time it happens. Mm-hmm. But 
it was it was mighty special then. It certainly yeah. was. All right, let's have a quick break, and after which we'll get down to the actual football itself. And it goes to Cantona, and a good ball too, and Cantona! Yes! Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's a corner and then it goes towards right here. Post it to goal! Chapman! Amazing! Leeds United are one goal away from achieving Mission Impossible. Welcome back to Greatest Games, everybody, on Football Ramble Daily in association with the Blizzard. Now then, you touch down in Stuttgart and uh, you, you get yourself over to the stadium. I'm sure there's a, there's a hotel stop in between. Um, what did you think going into Leeds going into this game? Did you? Did, how confident were you personally of Leeds thinking these are the champions of England? Did you think, oh, well, look at the players, they, they should be fine? Or was there that nervousness of... Oh, haven't been in Euro- European competition for a long time. We're still a bit green in terms of English clubs and, and, and in the, the competition and so on and so forth. I don't know how the players felt, but I think as a media core, mm-hmm. um, there was an inclination to be a bit wowed by Stuttgart. Yeah, These were the champions of the Bundesliga. They had a fella up front who scored a couple of the goals called uh, Fritz Walter, yeah, yeah. which is a very famous name in German football because he played when they won the World Cup in 1954. Different one, obviously. Yeah. Um, and no it, relation at all. No relation This one was born six years later. So presumably was named consciously after him. But So I don't know. But I can imagine in yesteryear there's a lot of Fritz Walters in Germany. <laughs> yeah, it's a probably were. I mean, yeah, very stereotypically, as you say, <laughs> the champions of the, the country didn't have... 
uh, you know, people moving around too much. A three foreigners rule, which I'm sure yes. we'll come on to yes. uh, quite crucially in a bit. But yes, very And also German. they had Guido Buchwald, who, yeah. the captain who played for Germany in... Yeah, when they won the World Cup in 90, West Germany when they won the World Cup in 1990. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and so there, I think there was, maybe it's because I was very young. Maybe if you ask the, the sort of venerated writers of the time, David Lacey or someone like that, who, who was a generation and a mm. bit ahead of me, uh, he might have been less starry-eyed than I was. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I was certainly starry-eyed to the point where if Leeds won this tie, yeah. it was going to be a mighty, mighty achievement. Mm-hmm. Um and so went into it in that kind of wide-eyed way. In a way, I suppose that you might, if you were a lower league team, mm-hmm. playing a home game against one of the big boys in the FA Cup. Sure. You know, this just might happen. And if it does, wow, what a yeah, day we're going to have. Yeah. But don't be terribly surprised if it doesn't. <laughs> and Leeds form wasn't good either. They hadn't started the season well as champions. They'd had a, a great win in the charity shield, actually one of the great charity shields. Cantona got a hat-trick against Liverpool at Wembley and they'd had one notable win. They'd only won one of their first eight Premier League games and again, that was a Cantona hat-trick against Tottenham. And this was a defence of the title, we should yes, remind they were not ourselves. defending their title well. They didn't, well and they didn't win away all season. I no, mean, they didn't. Extraordinary. Yeah. yeah. But, but certainly locally, there was still, they, they were still riding the wave of being champions. Yeah. And Leeds... Uh, there are plenty of examples, but Leeds is one of the great one-club cities, and it's a one-eyed city. It is Leeds, 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 mm-hmm. um, and so the the sort of groundswell of thrill still very much existed up to this game. Yeah, and what did you make of this tie yourself, Jonathan? Because again, people may think, "Well, Stuttgart aren't." There are bigger names, but they were the the, the champions. Oh, the the champions, champions being against champions, and also. Germany. I mean, I, you know, I think Peter's right. Just it, it was a different world. They were the Bundesliga champions. Exactly. And that gave them a glamour. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I think that even you know, even when I went over with, with Chelsea in uh, 05, 06, would that have been, I think? Um, maybe 06, 07. Uh-huh. Even then, you know, they, they were still a great side because they were, you know, a, a good German side. It, it uh-huh. wasn't like now where sort of you've got the obvious buy-in mm. Huge gap, Dortmund. Huge gap. Maybe Leipzig in there as well. I, yeah, I take your point. Though. But it, it, if it wasn't such a sense of a, of a hierarchy, it was just these are a really good German team. Mm-hmm. And you, you look down the list of names, and not just Buchwald, but um, Gaudino as well. who was a you know familiar name to us. Yeah, you know, they, they they had two or three players you'd heard of. Um, Christoph Down, we knew was a, as a sort of promising young coach. Uh, who obviously you know went on to to greater things and then far worse things with with Leverkusen. Christoph uh, Dumm, as he was called by the British yeah, press, you know, yeah. in the um, return leg. <laughs> and then, you know, of course, he, you know, he got, got the ban for cocaine just before. He, he'd been appointed German national manager when he got the ban for cocaine. Yeah. And Let's say he... An interesting life. Yeah, he uh, yeah. he experienced the slings and arrows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I, I bumped into him much, much later, yeah. totally randomly. He was sat in the seat in front of me in a stadium in Buenos Aires watching Huracan on a Friday night. No my, idea what my goodness. Yeah. Had a little chat to him. <laughs> I mean, he, uh, he must have the been. The life and times of Jonathan Wilson yeah. is you've a glorious got, You've thing. gone into this you know, stadium in the middle of nowhere, Buenos Aires, <laughs> little tap on the shoulder. Hello, Christoph. Yeah. <laughs> Can you give us five minutes? Incredible. Have you watched The Two Popes? I haven't, no. Oh, Hurricane comes up in that. Oh, you really? Watch, I watched it last night. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, mine. Excellent. yeah, yeah he's a big yeah. fan. Yeah. yeah. My goodness. Yeah. But yes, um, so, so the, the, the he's game... He's a fan of uh, San Lorenzo, the... Uh, the oh, yeah. yeah. The, the original guy is, but there's a, there's, Sorry. A, there's a bit of 
There's a bit of kind of terrace humour around Huracan. Oh, okay. oh, I see yeah. what you mean. Yeah, yeah. right, San Lorenzo. Yeah. Um, yes, so so back we are in, in Stuttgart in the early 90s. So the game starts and and, 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 and how does it begin to play out in well, front of it, your very eyes, Peter? Leeds did okay. Yeah. Leeds did okay. Um, as memory serves, which is not necessarily reliable, Um <laughs> In a pretty uneventful first half. Yeah. You know, Leeds stayed alive. The first half would not be worthy of a place on this esteemed podcast on its own. <laughs> you know, it's, it's nothing each at half time. And so I think Leeds are broadly happy with that. It's the yeah. first leg of a two legged European tie. You know, mm-hmm. if you're still in it for the second leg, you're happy. Um, so what happened that was worthwhile happened in 20 pretty awful second half minutes. Yeah. They were, um, and, yeah. And, and, and this is around the narrative of Eric Cantona, who was the. You know, the pin-up boy, although he had played only a very peripheral, if if significantly peripheral part in the title win because he arrived late and did his turned-up collar bit. Mm. And he scored three goals in the title win, three goals. One of them was against Luton, one of them was against Wimbledon, mm-hmm. I think one was against Chelsea, and Chelsea weren't the Chelsea that are Chelsea now. So he didn't, you know, but he his charisma had been a huge factor uh, and I suppose in a sort of intangible way helped get Leeds over the line. Um, and I, I remember commentating on the day that the um, open top bus went round Leeds and they won the title. And I was actually stood two or three yards away from Eric Cantona when he stood at top of Leeds Town Hall or whatever it was and delivered the immortal line, uh, I don't know why, but I love you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, by November he'd gone to Manchester. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway. Yeah, was, was Alex, was Ferguson at the back of the crowd? <laughs> no, no, Howard was right there. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, that's, that was, of course, something we didn't know at the time. Um, but Cantona didn't have a good game. No. Which was um, partly because he didn't have a good game, but partly also because, as it turned out, he was struggling with a, an injury, which began to manifest itself oh. at the start of the second half. Yeah. And he was hobbling around on the halfway line and, and played a sort of anyone else must have the ball but me kind of a pass mm-hmm. crossed halfway gave the ball away and um Stuttgart broke and scored and and that was the start of a sort of 15 20 minute collapse yeah which was yeah I mean Tony Dorigo ends up being caught horrifically yeah. out of position yes, for that goal but I, I think it's probably Cantona's pass which means he's he's yes. you know he's not where he ought to be and you know Kurgle comes through with a lovely little three ball to 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 Fitzwalter yeah and then it, Really beautiful yeah. little dinked oh, yeah. finish. Great finish. Yeah, I mean, that is a finish. dictionary definition of a dinked finish. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, lovely. He was goal. smart. He was fast. He, he yeah. was a dash dart sort of striker. But that's one of those ones where that, that type of goal, as you say, you've got the glitz and the glamour of the tie. You're away. You've got the wow factor. You're thinking, blimey, German champions, all the rest of it. You know, obviously West Germany were the, were the World Cup holders at the time and so on and so forth. You go away, nil-nil, we're doing okay. And then there's a moment of quality like that and you are reminded of the occasion. You're reminded yeah. of the task. And you're reminded then, and to go back to what sounds a bit like an inferiority complex, and maybe it was, mm. you're reminded reminded of the fact that we were slightly in awe yeah. as a football nation because right. we'd been absent. Um, and you're right, I, I hadn't really thought about the World Cup winning element, but of course mm. that's that's key. You know, Germany was the place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but even even in sort of the, um, you know, the, as Kurgel plays the pass, you know, he plays it just behind, I, I think it's Fairclough going across mm. to try and cover. And, and not Fair, pick, oh. Fairclough ends up sort of sprawling on his yeah. knees, kind of just flat in the mud. Yeah. And it's a bit like when um, Boateng goes down, when Messi kind of jinks <laughs> yeah, past him. that's right. Just this sort of totally hapless defender, like this, this tree falling in the forest yeah, yeah. is slicker, smarter people kind of zip past him. 
Uh-huh. And Fairclough was a really good centre half. <laughs> yeah, no, and, yeah. and he was fast. Yeah. He was fast. I think, um, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, Jonathan, because you're an encyclopedia, but I think he sort of learned a bit alongside Stuart Pearce, didn't he, at Nottingham Forest, possibly? Well, that he might was, be true. I don't know. He was, he was certainly out of Nottingham Forest. Um, whether, how, whether those two coincided or how much they coincided, I'm not mm. certain. But that just sort of rings a, a bell, perhaps wrongly. But either way, he was, a, he was fast mm. and he was strong. And he and Chris White, who'd, who'd um, come up from Arsenal, were a, were a super central defensive pair. But mm. uh, in the absence of <laughs> Tony Dorigo for a few key seconds, sure. um, Fritz Walter found them easy. And, and Absolutely. And, and so that was the first of three, as you say. Yeah, four minutes later, Walter gets a second. Yeah. Which is a, it's a corner, which is sort of headed clear. And then Sverison from the edge of the box. Hits it. Hits Good it save from Lukic. Yeah, I mean, when I first saw, I wondered could Lukic have got it out of the danger zone a bit more, but I think it's just hit so hard and yeah. he's slightly unsighted. I think it's just a good save and yes. Valta pounces and mm-hmm. suddenly, you know, Leeds having done very well, they find themselves 2 0 down. Yeah. And you're thinking to yourself, just stay in the tie. Yeah, and then You've it gets got to stay in the tie. Yeah, and then, and then uh, Andres Buck. Yeah, um, makes who, it... who outpaced Fairclough, which is you uh, say, Fairclough correct. was quick. Correct. And, and Buck just sort of went around the outside of him like yeah. he. Yeah. Was not a quick player, absolutely. And then just one. Well, should I, Lukic I think save that? Yeah. So I think Lukic certainly by the end of his career, he was really fallible to those low shots, particularly down to his right. Yeah. Well, maybe so. You've probably watched the same YouTube clips as me and Ron Atkinson. Yes, I, I was pretending says, I knew this, but yes, yeah, Ron Atkinson yeah, says yeah. that. No, well, no, no. Ron Atkinson says. Um, he says, "I wonder whether Lukic should have saved that, or mm. was this effect?" He said, "But in classic Ron Atkinson, uh, wronglish." He says, or maybe it's got an ugly little bounce. It's got an ugly little bounce in front of his bottom hand uh, and Bob. Anyway, you, you could make a case for saying on another day, Lukic might have saved it. Yeah. But, yeah. but nil three and you're thinking, oh my goodness, yeah. the second leg's going to be one of those evenings which we've just, it's, it, it's going to be fixture fulfilment. Really. And it's also, you know, three nil leads suddenly in the last two or three years have become things that are clawbackable. Mm. Yes. Mm. They never used to be. No. <laughs> well, they never no. used to be. And also, again, you you can't say this enough that that ban for you know English clubs in Europe those those kind of nights where you describe about that you know people Man United fans will remember back in the day or Liverpool fans more recently the overturning big scores against sides it's sort of been wiped and is it well they didn't happen that much anyway well it was much easier to kill games well it was easy to kill I mean, games a you could commit fouls you just you and know, pass foul it back people, to the keeper so you could break up attacks you could break up the rhythm mm-hmm. um b the you know, offside was much less liberal than it is now mm-hmm. yeah less liberal than it is now mm-hmm. so it was easier to play an offside trap back passes yeah. as well it, well i mean back passes are gone by by this is the first season after the back pass isn't it it's is it? I don't Backpass know. Backpass law came in 92, yeah. so... Yeah, it was definitely early on. 90s. Yeah. But you, but what I'm saying is that, you know, Leeds fans, I'm, I'm guessing, it, it, you know, when going 3-0 down into that second leg wouldn't think, well, hang on a minute, but this side did this last season and this side, there was that night there. Well, yeah. And you draw yeah, on these examples. I mean, now, if you're 3-0 down, OK, you're mm. probably going out, but you go to the game thinking, well, if we nick one and... If we're 1-0 up at half-time, who knows? Yeah. yeah. Whereas, I just don't think anybody thought they had a chance here. No, no. Except that Leeds supporters are a pretty stubborn one-eyed bunch, mm-hmm. and, and that is to their credit. Yeah. Before they start sticking pins in me, yeah. um, proving your and, point. Yeah, proving my point. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, you know they're not unique in this regard. But Ellen Road is a is a yeah you know, cussed venue, and you know, and, and if they were capable of creating the right mood, 
then you just never know. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I suppose they did, they did, in that championship season, they did have a habit of they, they blitz aside with three goals in 20 minutes. That, yes. that was something they could do. And I think when you have a forward like Lee Chapman, who is, uh, it's his physical gifts yeah. that make him a top class forward. And if you can sort of begin to impose yourself on an opponent, somebody like Chapman, mm. and I guess Cantona, who turned out to be fit for the second leg, to, yeah. to widespread surprise, yeah. he also had that physicality. You could get on top of a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Chapman was key. Chapman was key. And he was such a, a, a charming bloke, mm. really lovely talker. He was he was your nailed on interview after oh, any game. Living up to his surname. Yeah, well, absolutely. You know? yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he was, he was um, but, but I, I, I really don't want to, talk him down or oversimplify him but but he was really a pretty simple footballer you know he was that centre forward that you aimed the ball at yeah. and he could make it stick or if it didn't stick uh-huh. it tended to bounce off a limb conveniently yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's just the way it worked for him yeah and well, he, I, he was another Wilkinson disciple. He'd been at Sheffield Wednesday as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. Been yeah. at Sunderland as well, lest we forget. Yeah, oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> You've had your mention. All right. <laughs> I think he only scored twice for Sunderland. Yeah. So, I mean, the second leg was an extraordinary affair. As, yeah. As, so, I mean, Sellers came in for Rowcastle at, yes. at right yeah. back. I mean, Scott Sellers was a left winger. I think Batty played right back in the second Oh, possibly he did. I think he right. did. Yeah. Um, I mean, Sellers, and Sellers was played on the left wing and Speed played in the middle with McAllister. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sellers yeah. wearing the number two shirt. That's all. Yes. That's the only thing I'm confident yeah. of. Yeah. 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 But I the think, numbers meant something back in those yeah. days. Yeah. But Batty played right back in his number four shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Which was slightly sacrilegious, I suppose. Yeah. yeah in yeah. those days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So was what was the we've talked about? Oh, what would they have thought? And so what was the mood in the ground? Were the fans thinking, right? Hang on. Let's let's let them have it. Let's make it intimidating atmosphere, and we'll see what we can do. I think so. Yeah. yeah. And also, there was a nothing to lose. Yeah. Situation. Listen, if this is going to be the only European Cup tie we get at Ellen Road, <laughs> yeah, let's let them let's have it. <laughs> maximize it. Funnily enough, and I I had forgotten this until. Um, looking back in preparation for this conversation. But actually that that huge new stand, as it was about to be at Ellen Road, was halfway through its rebuild. Okay. Um, and so the capacity was reduced mm. uh, at Ellen Road at, at that time, regardless of which, and I do remember this because, it, you know, you, you talk in cliche terms about hairs on the back of your neck. Mm. I mean, that was a hairs on the back of the neck. Night. Yeah. It was... Straight it from was, the off? Yes. Yeah, I mean that... As the game kicked off, it was one of those games where as the game kicked off, and I think this happens less now, I don't know, maybe I'm just getting older, but that 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 crowd noise for the first kick of the ball. That kind yeah. Of, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they were determined they were going to have a damn good go at this. And they did. And they really did. And, um, you know, we call this the greatest game. You call this the greatest game. And... Uh, I said to you off air beforehand, mm-hmm. this is probably the greatest game uh-huh. that was ever declared void. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, it it was phenomenal the way Leeds went about this. Uh-huh. It was sort of no fear football. Yeah. Um, because I suppose, as we said, they had nothing to fear. Yeah. They could only achieve something remarkable. Yeah. Um, they had to score first, and they did. Uh, and it was a beautiful, a crisp volley from Speed. What a lovely player, Gary Speed. It makes me sad every time yeah, I say yeah, his name. Yeah. Um, that was from a Cantona knockdown. Yeah, it's track yeah. and diagonal, Cantona yeah. knockdown. But it was yeah. that, that sort of sense of, I mean, I mean, I'm judging this from from highlights and my sort of vague memories of watching it on, yeah. on ITV back then. But, yeah, the sort of a sense of, I mean, you know, I, th- I think what's significant, you know, Raphael Honigstein's book on English football, which in German is called Englischer Fußball, 
and in English it's called uh, uh, harder, harder, faster, stronger, better. I yeah, think. that's right. Yeah, 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 that's it. And uh, there was that that sense that an English team mm. could physically out, outmatch anybody. And I think if Bayern had been really bullied by Everton in eighty four five mm. when Everton won the the Cup Winners Cup, and I think that that sort of sense that an English team can can batter us. When we did the Liverpool Bussy Munch and Gladbach yeah, game with Tony that, Evans. Yeah, good example. Yeah. The Toshak battered them. <laughs> what yeah, one, one, one again a game was declared void and yeah. and uh, always was, was was abandoned and, and then, you know, he he came in for the second playing of it. And yeah, they physically bullied them. And I think that doubt was always there in, in, in German teams' minds of an English side can really get at us. And you go in that game, you've got Chapman, who's physically yeah. huge. Cantona, who's, I think, bigger than people sort of imagine. Oh, yeah. But also, all elbows if he wanted to be. Yeah. He knew how to use his physicality. Yeah. And, yeah. A, Batty, a, speed, a, McAllister. You know, yeah. these players. Classic diagonal from Strachan. Yeah. Oh, header down. A yeah. brilliant volley. Yeah. But it, it, it's a very English goal of a diagonal in the box, win the header, yeah. get the knockdown. Absolutely. Beautiful. Albeit involving a Scotsman, a Frenchman and a Welshman. <laughs> yeah, quite. <laughs> quite. And Leeds were, bat- were battering them. Were yeah. bat- and when they equalised on the night Stuttgart I mean it it was it absolutely flew in the face of the logic of that football match as it was becoming um, so our first goal 17 minutes and equalised yeah, 33 three, yeah and and it was one of those moments again here comes another classic cliche but you know it was a pin drop moment yeah you think oh how the hell has that happened it's such a soft goal such as well such a soft goal yeah <laughs> you know they barely kicked the ball in the Leeds yeah. half and so we'd passed the half hour mark now and suddenly Leeds need four. Yeah, it's it's Buck again. Yeah, and just nobody nobody closes him down. You've got Speed and Fairclough and Dorigo all sort of stand off him. Yeah, and he just sort of squirts his little shot, and again it's Lukic slow to get down to his yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just dribbles in that far corner. But again, it's another reminder of oh yeah, they are good this German lot, aren't they? Yes, perhaps, perhaps we were, but they picked savvy, themselves, savvy, savvy, savvy. Yeah, yeah, but they picked themselves up, Leeds. Well, they did. And they, go they, they now needed to score four goals. Yeah, they needed it's to win five one on them. Yeah, and and um, you know that that well, listen, it turned out to be unachievable. They yeah. didn't achieve it, but uh, they came closer than they were entitled to do. They they had to score before half time, and they did. They mm. got a penalty. Uh, big book vault. Yeah. Already mentioned. Pan- panicking really against Panic, Chapman. Yeah, Chapman just just, ra- just wrapped him up. Um, <laughs> Another striking and, cross. Yeah, and uh, Gary McAllister, who would, of course two or three years later, go on famously to miss a very high-profile penalty <laughs> for his country. Um, scored, a, scored a massive one for, uh, for Leeds. And so, 2-1 at half-time, kind of, you know... A little bit of optimism. You, yeah, yeah, you've got to score three goals and a half. Yeah, well, they did um, it. They, yeah, yeah it, you absolutely. Know, you think, yeah. Well, why can't we? It's, it sort of feels on. And again, nothing to lose. Um and Leeds get the next goal mm. midway through the second half, and it's probably the ugliest goal Cantona's ever scored. It's a <laughs> funny goal. It's I a I, little effort. Watched it? it back, and yeah. I'm, I can't work out how much he means. So again, it's a Strachan ball in, yeah. yeah. And he ends up sort of lifting it over. Uh, it's Ike Immelin goal, isn't it? Yes. Um, that's the other yeah. thing. Three of the Stuttgart team go on to play for Manchester City, which is quite weird. <laughs> uh, he sort of lifts it over him with his knee. Yes. And I can't work out. Do you think he might have done that whether, on purpose? I'm sure the bit where the ball sort of bobbles about and gets down to his knee was not deliberate. But I do wonder whether Cantona had the sort of the quickness of thought and reaction as the ball drops to think, well, oh, keeper's just there with a little bit of space. Well, little... he's a special enough player to do that sort yeah. of silly thing, isn't he? Yeah. Um, 
But listen, however you interpret the goal, uh-huh. it, it really did light the place up because now they had 24 minutes to score mm-hmm. twice. Yeah. And, you know, that is eminently Indeed. possible. Uh, and uh, apart from any football technicality you might or might not want to talk about, what Leeds displayed then was was um, fitness, uh-huh. which which is certainly what Sergeant Wilco, as he was known, <laughs> uh, insisted upon. He had a lieutenant fellow called Mick Hennigan, who was a classic old school yeah. uh, coach. And if you talk to any of the players of that generation, they'll tell you that Mick Hennigan was the guy who just sent them on lap after lap of the pitch and press ups and sit ups. Yeah, one of those guys. Yeah, one of those <laughs> real sort of Sergeant Major type. Yeah, and the Leeds fitness was uh, a step, probably as much as anything else, apart from the talented players we've mentioned, what had won them the league. You know, they could run for 95 minutes hard, mm. run hard. And their their capacity for running hard into the last quarter of, of this sort of impossible task um, was fantastic. And then 12 minutes out, another Strachan delivery from a corner, actually. And Lee Chapman, for all I said about him just being big and uncomplicated and the ball bouncing off him. And he scored a lot of ugly goals. Actually, he got in front of his mark. He got in front of the near post and it was a very, very deft near post header, wasn't mm. it? But, yeah, but, it's one of those goals yeah. that looks so simple. You say, why, why don't we just do that all the time? Yeah, I, don't <laughs> <really>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's a corner and a man heads it from four yards or something. But uh, yeah, but you're right. It's, it's, it's idea, the movement. Yeah. It's yeah. the kind of little, the, you know, the, the deftness to be able to guide it in there. But if, yeah, it doesn't feel like it's... The, the, the importance of the tie you feel like and, and, and at 5 nil up Chapman then helped himself to the 6th sort of yeah, thing exactly. you know, it felt like yeah, one of those even, even Brian Moore's commentary he's almost a little bit he's still sort of talking about the corner being taken and, oh it's sort of it's in, it's yeah, in. But, but yeah. he's late yeah. on the goal because mm. it, it sort of it seems so implausibly simple yeah, yeah. Uh, and implausible sort of felt like the word then because you, it, it was one of those moments as, as often is the case when you're in the moment with a with a two-legged tie, you're sort of remaking the calculation in your head. Mm. What does this mean? And here is this realisation that one more. Yeah. One more. And, and, and still 12 minutes plus injury time to get it. to go. Yeah. Extraordinary. But of course, the, the most significant f- factor in the whole um, leg, the most significant moment in the whole tie, yeah. happened five minutes after the goal when, when the manager unknowingly sent on this fellow who nobody had heard of called Jovica... Simonic, in place of Gaudino, um, who was a Serbian centre-back. This was his only first-team appearance for Stuttgart. The <laughs> eight, only first eight vital minutes. Eight minutes he came on, and he was one foreigner too many. Um, and I'd looked up his career, I suspect you did too. I mean, yeah. After that, he went on to he went to Benfica, mm. didn't play a game. Yeah. And then he played a handful of games for Boa Vista, and then he drifted around Portugal for a few years. Bit of a shame, really, for him. But that was that was his European Cup tie. <laughs> and he was... Well, it wasn't his fault. Of course but, not. No. But he, he was the reason why the following Saturday, Leeds was suddenly back in it. Yeah. I mean, just... To, I'm sure you want to cover those last 12 minutes. Uh-huh. There were nearish things. There were nearish things. But as the... When the final whistle went, it, it was one of those moments where there was there was united um, adulation for yeah. Leeds. It had been an absolutely magnificent effort there's by a great, any yardstick. There's a great shot as the final whistle goes. I think it's from a camera behind the goal of Strachan. I, th- I think the whistle goes as uh, as Immel clears it. Yes, and you you see Strachan's sort of going towards it, and the whistle goes. And you yeah. S- the slump of his shoulders, shoulders yeah. and he's he's only ten yards from the touchline. Mm-hmm. Just walks straight, straight off. off. It's a bit yeah. of a strange. It's a strange one, that isn't it? When you have 
Could we covered on this uh, on this on this very podcast before Fulham beating Juventus four one. Oh yes, and I was at there at the stadium that day, and it's kind of like if Fulham had beaten Juventus three one. Well, admit it, it would have gone to extra. I say four two. Say, uh, you know, oh, what an effort! And you go away thinking, yeah, but oh, it would have just been so bloody lovely to get. And there. it's one of those occasions. Sort of, away goes a joke. I know, and and so you have such an amazing uh, yeah. sort of ninety minutes. They give you your team gives you such a cheer and such hope when you thought that that wasn't possible, but ultimately they come up short. Yeah. So it's a stranger because, as you say, a lot of adulation, but there is that feeling of, oh, we were so close. Yeah. So you as a local radio reporter, when did you first get wind of well, something's it, up here? The news broke the next day. The following that, day? Yeah, that was that was Thursday. I've checked the dates, obviously I don't remember those. But that was, the, the match was Wednesday, the 30th of September. The news broke on Thursday, the 1st of October, that or you say news broke somebody just must have noticed similar to that someone must have said hey how come i mean it seems you know, a crazy mistake a tra- it would never happen today no and again it shows us kind of innocence yeah you know I, I, look, obviously the rules are different well, but, today but and also just on the team sheets or, or at least some of the team sheets you look at they got the little flag yes yeah, yeah. But also as well, back then, you know, you didn't, I mean, quite clearly you didn't have as many foreigners in the side. And, he, and he, he's not got a German surname as well. And it's quite clearly he's foreign. Um, well, I do say that. I mean, Gaudino, obviously it's an Italian name, but he was German. Well, look, I, 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 th- I just think, yeah, I'm just merely adding to the fact that how strange and how sloppy that and how costly that mistake was. Yeah. Forced to go, you, you know, as you say, the champions of Germany are in, yes. you know, in the European Cup and all. And they make and it also, such it, a silly it, it, it just seems such a strange decision that with eight minutes to go in a, in a this sort of cauldron, you're looking to cling on. Oh, where's that lad who's never played with people? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Put him on. <laughs> yeah, in this yeah. cauldron at Ellen yeah. Road. I mean, what are they You're getting conspiratorial now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it was, it, yes, crazy. So the next day we, we learned that, or, or somebody pointed out that this was the case, and obviously uh, I guess UEFA went into a spin. And then, uh, again, I, you know, s- some of this I remember, some of it um, I, I've looked at over the last week or so, uh, the the debates were huge. Mm. Leeds were immediately and not unreasonably on their high horse saying, listen, they should be out. They should yeah. be out. Uh, Stuttgart held their hand up and said, oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and sort of begged for mercy and said, honestly, it was kind of honest. We didn't mean this. Yeah. You know, please don't be too hard. It on was us. only eight minutes. It was only eight minutes. And kind of, did it make <laughs> you know, any and difference? And we looked fairly yeah, comfortable. Yeah, and, and, and honest, you know. <laughs> and, so, and so they were quite humble about it. Yeah. Except to the extent, and I don't know whether this was the club itself or maybe some of the sort of noise around the club. Mm. Um, but I, I read that um, they started trying to argue that Gary Speed as a Welshman ah. should count and Strachan as a Scotsman. <laughs> Is it and, right? Yeah. Uh, and so they were sort of saying, points the, and of course, none of that held any um, credence at all. But so they got slightly desperate. But Christoph Down did a, a, admitted the fault, pleaded guilty and... Um, the quote was he called for a, a merciful ruling. And the ruling came through the following Saturday um, where Leeds were having a game which was very typical of their season. They lost 4-2 at Ipswich that Saturday. <laughs> um, and on the same day, learned that although they had argued that Stuttgart should be disqualified, the second leg had been awarded 3-0. Well, 
which was a lovely, convenient state of affairs for UEFA, wasn't it? Because 3-0 is that kind of classic yep. sanctioned scoreline, yeah. which they tends to be default, but also fitted the scenario beautifully, where they could keep everybody half happy and say, let's have another game. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And so that's what happened. Yeah. My goodness. And then for some reason they decided this is going to be played in Barcelona. Yeah. Which I guess is equally inconvenient for everybody. Yeah, yeah true. Were you, that, that, were you at no, that No, I one? wasn't at yeah. that game. In fact, I was, I was sat in the studio of BBC Leeds presenting our local radio programme for it. Okay. So I remember it well because I had to miss a major family event, uh-huh. which didn't go down well <laughs> domestically. Um, because, you know, that Friday night, of course I was going to be free. Yeah. Um, uh, Leeds, Leeds, I think in that week, had to postpone a League Cup tie against Scunthorpe to mm. go to Barcelona, which is a nice juxtaposition. Um, and um, went to Barcelona, you know, capacity 100,000. There were 7,500 in there, including, extraordinarily, actually, 2,500, 3,000 from Leeds. Leeds supporters Blimey. who hadn't known the venue uh, or hadn't known of the existence of the game till the previous weekend and hadn't known that it was going to be in Barcelona until a day or two after that. And that says something about the it does. crazed lead support. Yeah. But, but, I mean, they couldn't make themselves heard. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, and, and again... It's always uh, eerie when the, when the game well, is played. It, and... it was eerie. Yeah. It was eerie. But it was a, it was a remarkable game again. Um, because I wasn't there, I don't remember it in the same, in the same detail. But um, Gordon Strachan scored an absolute... Oh, beautiful beaut. goal. Oh, he was such a good player. Yeah. He was such a good player and he went on forever, didn't he? Even at Coventry at the age of 71. <laughs> That's right. You know, he was, <laughs> he was still knocking them in. Uh, yeah. Eating from, his 15 all bananas over the a day or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. bananas he put it down to, wasn't right, it? Yeah. And then, um, actually, the Stuttgart equaliser, a very good diving header. Mm. And then then to add to um, the the sort of the tapestry of this, yeah. of this whole tie, the winner was scored by a journeyman pro Who'd come on for Cantona. Who'd come on for Cantona, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Who'd come on and um, he was put through by Tony Dorigo, who, as mentioned, didn't have a great game in Stuttgart. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure his through ball should have got through, but it did. And Carl Schutt, who was, who was an understudy. Mm-hmm. He really was an understudy. I mean, we've mentioned Chapman, we've mentioned Wallace, we've mentioned Cantona. We haven't mentioned Schutt because nobody did. Uh-huh. And he came on and actually he had a lot to do he had a lot to do. He had a lot of thinking time. Uh-huh. This was the moment of his life. Mm. Oh, my God. And probably yeah. should have squared it to Strachan. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Strachan probably thought so, yeah. And uh, he rolled it in. Yeah. And um, it was... It was uh, what, a, what a collector's item for Shut though. Yo, correct. Mean, yeah, correct. But this was just needed. The winner at the new Camp yeah, yeah. against the German <laughs> yeah. champions in the Champions... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glorious, yeah. marvellous. But, it, I mean, it, it's... Um, I mean, obviously, we... Yeah, we don't have a huge amount of time to talk about the Rangers ties, which were brilliant, and, and yeah, hopefully yeah. we'll do them in a, in a future podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that Rangers team... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, because this set up the Battle of Britain after, as we mentioned earlier. Yeah, I mean, they the had... Rangers. I am right with this. They had McSwiggan kept coming off the bench and scoring ridiculous goals. Yeah, he did against Marseille, yeah. Well, maybe only once, but it felt like they had this... I know what you mean. This sort of, but Hately was there. Hately McCoyce. Hately McCoyce, Hately yeah. McCoyce. I mean, they, they were... Another former Sunderland striker. Yeah. <laughs> I will just say this about the, the it, I know you're, you're looking to wind up. I understand that. Uh-huh. And we've done what we had to do. But the, the extraordinary thing about the Leeds Rangers tie was yeah. that there were no uh, away oh, fans. Yeah. And um, so we went as the local radio station covering Leeds. Mm. And anybody who remembers that tie remembers that in the very first minute, Gary McAllister scores a great volley. Worldie. Yeah. Absolute worldie. Yeah. And the place went silent, all bar 
squeaky early 20s me going, at least I've scored! With your English accent. And with my English accent. And, and, and I just remember thinking, oh my God, yeah. I'm the only person talking. Yeah, and, yeah, I'm, yeah. and I'm talking very, very loudly. Yeah. And, um, and everybody was turning around looking at me. And, and talking of noise... Yeah. Old firm well, football fans are usually quite forgiving, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the, the, um, the silence, the, the kind of juxtaposition of the mm. silence and the noise as it regenerated itself at yeah, kickoff yeah. was extra. I've never known a growl yeah. like, that, like that Ibrox growl oh, yeah. when, they, when they said, right, we've gone 1-0 down, are you sure? And, and poor old John Lukic punched one in from a corner and lost the ball in the floodlights and... Blah, blah, blah. I mean, it was a great tie. But it but is funny, though. Tie. It is. Yeah, but, it, yeah. but it's funny, though, because, as you say, you know, Leeds went out in the second round. Yes. Yet, actually, those who remember their their, their short-lived campaign, although three games rather than, than yeah, two, you would yeah. think, an extraordinary well, yeah. first round. Five, five billion games yeah. in their own way. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, five absolutely. games and they didn't reach the group stage. Yeah. And they went out to Rangers, yeah. who, by the way, in a in a Champions League in its, in its uh, embryonic stages where... Two groups led straight to a final. Yeah, the semi-finals, you had eight teams on it. It was very strange. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Marseille just missed out on the... Uh, Rangers finished just behind Marseille in their group. Yeah. And actually, if you look at it in detail, really yeah. should have made the final. Well, Rangers and also, were that good. should Marseille even have been Marseille there? Marseille shouldn't even have been there, absolutely. you would argue. Absolutely. So Rangers were <laughs> tip-top. Yeah. I think, well, well we mentioned uh, Marseille in there. Uh, I'll just leave it there <laughs> we've got to go uh, Peter it's been an absolute pleasure oh, having you on it has great been to game. me too great. thank you very thank much you very indeed. much guys appreciate it um, of course for, for more stories like that go to uh, theblizzard.co.uk um, but yeah marvellous stuff uh, thank you as always Jonathan thank you everybody we'll see you next time for another great game of football fair club with the cross towards Gary Speed couldn't quite knock it back to the liking of Chapman but a bad clearance again going straight to Strachan Returning it, a fantastic goal for Leeds United. Good Strachan puts Leeds ahead. Good ball there. Played for Scramble. Crossed in by him. Well, it's Gorka who scored the equaliser. Shot, his first touch. The buck is there, shot now. Now can he find Strachan? He had a chance to find Strachan, but he finds the net. He's straight on past Shutt, who celebrates a birthday tomorrow and celebrates a goal tonight. An absolute masterstroke by manager Howard Wilkinson. And a joyous sight there for all fans of Leeds United. Carl Shutt puts Leeds 2-1 ahead. was a Stakhanov production. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. 
If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.